Hi, welcome to the Chop House podcast. Come on in. There's no need to take your shoes off here. I hope you're having a great day. On this episode of the Chop House podcast, I wondered how is it racing and competing in National A races in Britain while studying one of the hardest degrees available? To answer that question, I asked Erford Zaman to come onto the podcast and talk about how he balances his uni life with elite cycling and the hours and hours of training that he puts in to his performance. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome, Erfan. You finished your third year? Kind of finished. So, the way it works right. is I've, I've got five. Uh, right. But the fourth year, you spend working for a whole year. Sure. in, in It's yeah. called like year in industry program. So, you do your three years. I've got a degree. Then I spend a year working to gain experience. Then I do my master's as opposed to doing just four years straight. Cause yeah. the integrated internship, it just helps. It's like a smaller rung on the ladder. Instead of going straight from master's into full-time job, you build up those skills. You build up yeah. that kind of uh, Palmares, if you like, of like yeah. work experience. And then you can, Hopefully, you know, you, you you get a better job or it's build easier up. to get a job. Build up that CV as you're going. Yeah. Because um, having it after third year, I know there's a lot of universities that do like that placement year mm-hmm. after two years as part of a yeah. sandwich course. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Just by being a slightly different degree, you do the three years kind of heavy, get, get the majority of it under your belt and then go into mm-hmm. the world of work. Well, a lot of people do it in the second year, to be honest. You can do it in your okay. second year as well. But yeah. it just makes sense. So often, if you don't... It makes sense to do it as late as possible, right? Yeah. So there's no point doing it in your final year, like in your fifth year, because you may as well just get a job. Yeah. So typically, people who are only doing like a bachelor's, they'll do it in their third year. People who are yeah. doing a master's do it in their fourth year. And I did do a summer internship last year, just on my own accord, again just to kind of try and build up my work experience and i did find uh that the difference between third year and second year is like massive for me anyway i found that like i say like starting uh my internship this year i'm so much more disciplined so much more knowledgeable so much more mature than this time last year so i think that will therefore help me gain more out of the internship if that makes sense yeah for sure just building up that communications and understanding kind of how people work and yeah, yeah building exactly. that, that cv as we said yeah. before but i haven't mentioned what degree you're doing so you're doing ke- you're doing chemical engineering yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah and i don't know if it's just my perception of it but i think it's seen as one of the toughest courses universities can provide in england i don't i think just be my I mean, perception of it but it's i mean it is complicated and it is you know it's anything to do with chemistry and you know engineering combined you know i see that as as difficult i don't know but what kind of called you to that what kind of what called you to want to study chemical engineering well so i've always been a mathsy kind of sciencey person uh same as my sister i think it just runs and she's doing chem as well so it just kind of runs in the family i guess it's just uh I guess your example from your parents as well. If your parents are good at maths and sciences, that's kind of what you tend to kind of be shown. So that's kind of what you focus on. And then, so for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
to be totally blunt with you. So I listed out my options and I thought, right, I d- I'm not like crazy hell bent on doing a pure subject. You know, like there's kids who are like, they're super into maths and all they want to do is maths. So they go and do a maths degree. That's like great. But I'm like, yeah, I, I just don't want to spend my like three years like just doing maths. And the other thing as well is if you just do like maths or pure maths or pure physics, um, then it gets like really deep and really technical to the point where it can, for me, I find that quite like, a lot of people love it. That's great. But I find it quite like sickening when you're just going so, so deep into something so specific. So it's like, right, I don't want that level of depth. And then the other option is obviously medicine. Uh, but for me, medicine, it was just too long. So <laughs> I just thought, because the other thing is well with medicine, you're kind of locking yourself in. So I wanted something that's not, too deep i wanted something that's tran- like transferable right so i want to keep my options open so and i like maths and sciences so the only the obvious two options the only two options left really are engineering or economics and i mean i think economics is a very good degree and i, I was really tightly i couldn't really decide between the two but in my kind of more sciencey side kind of won the better of me and ended up choosing engineering yeah, and I, I just I just chose um, I think I just chose ChemEng because A is is a very respected engineering and uh, B I think it, engineers like to argue we always like to argue with each other but I, I'm gonna put myself out there and say I think it's the one with the one some of the most transferable skills uh, because typically a chemical engineer is someone who you're running a chemical plant. You don't just need to know the chemistry. You need to know about how the motors work, the pumps work, the compressors work, your electrical system works. You need to know about logistics. You're really, the chemical engineer is typically overused the whole plant. So it's not just chemistry. There's chemistry, physics, biology, even like geography. Like you need to know like where you're building the plant, what kind of rock you're building it on, what kind of land you're building it on. Because um, you can't just plonk a huge plant on somewhere that's like land that's going to landslide or crumble. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I just chose it because I thought it was the most transferable and it's just process of elimination, really. Yeah. So it's kind of your, yeah, like you said, keeping the options open and applying Mm. that maths to kind of real world rather than just understanding maths. You know, you're you're becoming more kind of, you're adding more strings to that bow and bringing all that application in with the geographical understanding and everything that goes along with that uh, chemical engineering. And you're you're studying that at nottingham yeah university yeah, yeah. so why nottingham it's it, it? is it nottingham trent or not- nottingham uni no, nottingham, nottingham uni nottingham uni, uni. Nottingham. isn't that known as the party central yeah i mean it's got a really nice i mean it is but then at the same time with like uni like with my sports and stuff i'm, I'm not really yeah. going out partying every night yeah with um it's such a big uni. I mean, there's like 30,000 people. It's, it's, it is like, if you have a chance to go there, like you visit the campus, it's stunning. It's like lovely walking through it, especially like um, some of my favourite moments, like when I'm at uni. Like, you know, the small moments that you really enjoy in life, like just walking back from the gym back to my accommodation. I would just always really like that. I would always do a late night, like what bike or whatever. And then I would walk home at like 9 10 like obviously through the campus and it's just such a stunning campus there's so much to do there like you know the sports hall the swimming pool sauna climbing walls it's a proper like sports village 
Yeah. The uni's big as well. Like I don't think I would feel uh don't think I would like feel at home in a small campus. I like a bit of a big campus. You know, it's the perfect size city as well for me. It's because I'm at the moment I'm living in London, which is like so big and busy. Uh, yeah. I get lost pretty much every day on the way to work. So <laughs> I always so many different routes and traffic lights, aren't there, to get? Yeah, because the thing is, there's always like road works and stuff. So I'm always having to like divert yeah. around. Or if I'm getting a train, there's always like cancellation here, a yeah. delay there. So I'm always having to like work around, end up getting lost. <laughs> but Nottingham is really small, but there's like, well, it's not too small. So there's so much to do. You know, there's like um, cinemas, restaurants, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. So uh, but, yeah, and I, the main reason is because I didn't get into Cambridge. To, to 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 be blunt, so I was like, I don't want to live in London for reasons I previously stated. It's a bit a bit too big, a bit too busy, a bit too expensive. Uh, Try for Cambridge, didn't get in. Um, yeah. So then I just thought, what would my best second choice be? And it was Nottingham because I just like I think that any if you're fortunate fortunate enough to be a, like aiming for those Ross Group unis, like any kind of Ross Group uni that is like good at that course. So like say like um, you know like the Nottingham Engineering Department is known to be like a good engineering department. So any yeah. kind of Ross Group uni that you go to, you're gonna have really good opportunities. Yeah. So you look so, you look at that top ten on the website, and then you kind of yeah see which one kind of fits into there and fits kind of my character and all that. So exactly. And then I would think because I I personally like because in for engineering, Imperial is an obvious choice. That's like yeah. right around the corner for me. It's a really obvious choice. But I went there. I just didn't like the university. Mm. I was like, I just really just did not like it. Like I just with my cycling and, you know, uh, just who I am as a person, I just did not see myself um, fitting it well, living above some like fish and chip shop for like, yeah. right, for like 30 London, grand a year in London. A, on a spread out campus. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I, did, I literally just did not want that. And I was just like, this just seems like, stressful so um it just seems like it wouldn't fit in my life and i think you're gonna perform like you know the difference between unis say in like a numbers perspective because us cyclists love numbers um of course of course say like a numbers perspective difference between like um you know fifth best and like sixth best or seventh best on the league table there's probably like four percent just you know, generic kind of better, right? It's probably, there's not much in it is my point. Yeah, exactly. You know, three, four percent. But the difference between you being somewhere where you feel comfortable, where, you, you know, you you have, you enjoy your routine, you love the uni, you've got, you know, a better work-life balance. It's easy to do your hobbies. You know, that you're talking about like, you know, you're sleeping right, etc. You know, you're talking about like differences of 10, 20, 30% there. So yeah. I'm like, the the place the uni's got to fit you yeah i was yeah. like i would much rather choose a uni that's slightly lower in the league tables yeah um and also nottingham gave me unconditional offer so well there's there's also i, know, <laughs> I didn't so... have to try for my a levels so uh, that's a, <laughs> well, that's a good uh plus no but seriously though you're, I, I do you're one year that... ahead of me aren't you so you you, yeah. you actually did your a levels <laughs> yeah i did i did actually do my a levels so, um um but with with that yeah you've you you've we've talked throughout that time and you've mm. you found a nice route through to keep your um you know on the straight and narrow with the mm. fitness and not being you know detracted by your housemates in like your first year to 
be well it's been really rocky it's been like very right. like it has, not been, it has not been consistent ironically the only time i've actually gained consistency is the last like four months when you've like, been in uh, the real world work yeah because yeah. there's more routine i'm working more hours but i'm more routine also yeah. i do think there's um a massive part of it is just maturity it literally is just mm. maturity, discipline, maturity, Agreed. discipline. And the biggest thing I think is just preparation. It's just, it's just um, a, what's the phrase? I think it's like poor preparation leads to poor performance. Yeah, piss, yeah, piss poor preparation leads to, yeah. no, yeah. poor preparation leads to piss poor performance. The six yeah. piece, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, no, literally it is because it is just like uh, getting in that routine, preparing. So like um, everyone has their own routine. I mean, I like to like, prepare everything for the next morning the night before i get in my routine i prepare like my overnight oats i prepare my rides and my bars my bottles for my ride to work um etc i'll prepare my clothes i'll already have like stuff at work for like showering or whatever and yeah and then it's just preparing and getting in that routine because then i know if i'm prepared i'm gonna i'm not waking up and running all over the place to get stuff ready because yeah. I found that I've I've done that so many times, and I just every time it just doesn't work because you forget something, you miss Makes something. Makes you more punctual as well. Yeah, just Doesn't something goes it. wrong. Um, I mean, to be honest, it still happens. Like the other day, like I, uh, yeah, I was running around looking for like some tires to and some tubes to put on my wheels because um, wheels don't have any tires or tubes on. So I just quickly just ran around, picked some old tires, picked some old tubes, put them on. Next thing I know, I'm getting like three flats. Because obviously the tires are weak, there's something in the tires. Yeah. Should have put sealant in the tubes for winter, that kind of stuff. Like it's just preparing, yeah. and you think about when something goes wrong. Is that maturity? There's a big maturity part where you think, um, as you get older and getting more mature, it's good to kind of start thinking, oh, this didn't go to plan. How could I have made that gone more my way? Yeah, how, really how can take, you change that? Yeah, yeah, counting, taking a, a lot of it is taking accountability. Yeah. for your own actions because if you don't yeah. take accountability you're not going to change for the better i think that accountability theme because um you know my mate zach snell he was on the yeah. first podcast but you know I th that's like the running theme that I, i'm starting to identify which with that maturity it's just the ability to take accountability and learn from those mistakes but ex accept the mistakes and like you yeah, say listen exactly. to them and you know change from them and say how can i change that um yeah it motivates you more as well understanding that people who understand that they can change to positive and that change will positively impact their life will do better than people who think oh i'll just like you know like um you know, I'll just like blame it on something else. Or I'll just do the same. You know, I'll just write it off as a bad day. I write it off as bad luck. Like sometimes there is an element of that. There is always that in life. Like there's some things you can't control. But like you do always have to like start looking at, you know, I start try and start looking at things as how can I, you know, because there's always excuses, you know. I can, I can always say like I'm performing at a national level, but oh, I'm not getting like a top five because the people who are getting a top five don't have a full-time job. You know, you can have yeah. like, you can throw excuses out there. Mm. But then at the end of the day, it is what it is. 
you just have to really think about, well, if that's my goal, just focus on yourself. If that's my goal, this way I am now, what can I do better to get to that goal? It's really simple, but it's, it's really hard it's, to do. Which brings it on to the point of what, you know, what I was wondering about, like you've, you've been performing at the national A's you mm-hmm. did, uh, which one did, um, Stockton, Lancaster. Yeah, Ironman. you did what you, you did really well at one, didn't you? So I'm, I mainly got noticed at Stockton. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I actually ended I ended up puncturing within in the with eight miles to go, ah, yeah. uh, and the team car was elsewhere, so I couldn't get a spare wheel. So yeah, um, that was my race. But I was looking for like a top thirty in that. Well, as in, I would have like certainly Tracking. got a top thirty, and that was yeah. my. I say that was my first nat A. So, and I think that kind of, like, it's not an amazing result. There's probably people listening to this podcast. That's, that's like a small result. But uh, for me, top 30 in my first ever Nat A, like, was... Like you said, with a, with a full job and doing the degree you're doing as well. You know, that's, putting into perspective, that's, mm-hmm. you know, a cracking result given, you know, the restrictions on training and the fact that you're able to train as much as you do. Because I know you train lots yeah i mean i did yeah so i had a period over summer because i um like i said it's it's ebbed and trough like this year has just been i don't know how i've pulled some good results out of the bag because this year has been i mean i've been talking to you for the whole year and it's just been like manic with exams really uh because that's what it is i mean to be honest it's not really like the hours are there it's just when all the hours are just when all your work hours are crammed into like a two-week period yeah for um, that yeah that exam stress on the brain just also even though you're doing the work and you understand you've got the hours the fact that you need to think about coming back for doing that exam mm-hmm. preparation yeah kind of takes exactly. away from the hours on the bike even though you do have the hours to do it the quality isn't quite there um but then but, again the more you prepare like during because it's the classic like the more you prepare during the um parent manager time during the kind of like term on the learning season the more you'll the less you'll need to cram in exams and every teacher says this everyone every teacher says this no students ever done it I mean I'm 20 and I, I still haven't done it successfully ever uh, but I mean the, I feel like it's um it's getting there and especially with uh with the job because obviously with the job you are in that routine and it's almost like if I can just keep that routine, like moving forward to say my next year at uni, I think it would be fine. Because um, yeah. like, I mean, you say it's a tough degree, but I mean, the working hours are probably the same as like a full-time job, like 40 hours a week. Okay. But then I'll say that's pretty like, just pretty standard, like 40, like 35, 45, that kind of range, um, which is fine. Like if you do it, spread it out over time. When the issue is when you're, you go to uni in the first few weeks, you're kind of settling in, you're going out, seeing friends, you're like watching Netflix, you know, you're staying up late, whatever. Um, you're kind of just procrastinating a lot and so forth. And then when it gets to exam season, you're trying to pull these like 80 hour weeks. Uh, and then, yeah. And it's really about having a plan as well. I think is, is a big thing because um, quite often I would just spend too much time because oh, I, I basically the whole year this year I've been spending too much time on uh one exam that was coming up in like two weeks 
So I would just be like, oh, I really, I haven't done any work. I need to cram for this exam. So I cram, 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 do yeah. the exam, do well in the exam. But then I'll be like, oh, next exam's in three days time. So I'm yeah. going to have to like, then it's just, you're constantly just cramming from exam to exam. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's been. You're not doing little bits here and there, here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't like to repeat this year, to be honest with you. It's been absolutely <laughs> just manic, I think. Uh, with, you, you were saying it's a, quite a sporting uni you've got a lot of facilities yeah. and you've got um does this does the university to support you as a elite cyclist in any way Cycling's a weird sport um yeah because obviously <laughs> i'm racing for an elite team right yeah and all the racing which I is do... spirit spirit yeah, spirit, uh, spirit, so spirit yeah um fantastic opportunity i've been given this year actually uh I'd like to talk more about it later as well. Uh, so uh, I'm racing for Spirit and that's an elite team. They kind of cover all my cycling needs. Uh, so, and obviously I'm competing against other elite teams. I'm not competing against other unis. You know, I might do the university events, but there's what, like yeah. three or four of them a year. Yeah. And usually they're at strange times as well. Like the track and the hill climb are in the off season. Yeah. So it's like, like if yeah, I do the, them, the tracks in the season just picking up and the hill climbs in yeah. the off season, and then you've got the road race on the biggest weekend of the year, and you know, yeah, you just exactly. can't compete in them, can you? And then I'm just kind of like, I don't think I've ever turned up to like a Bucks event and like prep for it, for, you know, but the same as everyone else is doing it. No, you know, the hill climb last year, I remember meeting you, uh, I saw you there, and, and we were both like, I was like, have you done any prep for this? And you were like, nope i haven't ridden for like two weeks uh because it was like early november and i was like yeah same just come back from off season um <laughs> yeah it's uh we see at the uni events kind of they don't really like concern me to be blunt this is all with my team but the uni the main thing the university does is they provide the strength and conditioning sessions which are key for me over the winter so we have an amazing strength and conditioning coach. Um, his name's Tim at Nottingham. He's, he's he's an amazing guy, and yeah, he just he just talks us through the sessions that he wants us to do, like the squats, the deadlifts, you know, the various like kind of jumping exercises. We do a fair bit, a lot of single leg stuff as well for cycling. And um, yeah. yeah, that's the that's, that's like the main standout advantage. Then apart from that, you know, just the general kind of social aspect of being able to ride with meet and ride with similar minded people as well which is really good. Of similar got, ability as well, I assume. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so you've yeah. got Nottingham has a lot of strong riders. Um, Loughborough has a lot of strong riders. So there's, yeah. There's it's just down the road from there, isn't it? So Yeah, you can, well, 20 you, miles. Do you offer, uh, it's close enough. You can link up quite easily. Yeah, so you meet, meet, meet in the middle and you yeah. can get a really, really strong group ride out. Nice. Yeah, that's good. And with with Spirit, you, I, you were on... Um, TV I haven't movie. listened to it yet, but you're on Gapped Cycling oh. Podcast. Were you yeah. talking about that there? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I talked about how I got onto Spirit. So, like I mentioned earlier, Stockton was kind of my. Yeah. I did Rutland, but that was like mid-exam season. Yeah, and it's so, a topsy-turvy, yeah. you know, chance I race Rutland, as it is. I anyway. was just like, yeah, Rutland. I think is probably one of the most. It probably is the most savage natte. It's not a natte, even. It's a UCI race. So it's the most savage. Is like, it a UCI race anymore? It was this year. It was 1.2. Is it? Okay, still 1. is. 2. Wow, yeah. 
yeah. Um, so it's the most savage race, and I just you get thrown in there. You, I was like so unfit. I had it did you my do it first as a junior? Race. Huh? Did you do it as a junior as well? No, that was my no, first never... road race wow. since juniors. So <laughs> that was my first road race since juniors for like four years because of COVID. I know I was I was just that was just like I did okay, but I mean it was just like throwing it throwing it at the deep end. Yeah, it was it was literally just a matter of um did you go there, get spat, ride as hard as you can till you get pulled out basically. Uh and then Stockton, um that's where I kind of got noticed because it was like I was uh I was off the front of the second group, if that makes sense. So it's in between the first group and the second group. And obviously when you're off the front, you're much more standout. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like you're a solo rider trying to bridge across the gap. So, yeah, um, yeah that's how I got noticed. And then uh, Spirit picked me up from that. Uh, really, really thankful to uh, Russ, really, and uh, Josh and Jason. They're the guys who yeah. run Spirit. And you said uh, they they helped you out and covered your needs quite a lot compared to you know what the university might be able to because you're not competing in the bucks so what sort of yeah. things are um, you know, spirit kind of helping you out with yeah just like traveling and uh, entry fees logistics uh even just like there's a really big team aspect in spirit is we're very closely knit all the riders and and, and staff um you know uh, so we all help each other out when we can no that's good and good really, team atmosphere really we're not the, we're not by no means like it's not all about money we're not all we're far from being the team with the most money we're not but we just do our best to help each other out and it's a really good atmosphere to have and i do think that it's a very fair team especially with like you know uh i'm really grateful that they saw that i had something and they kind of they were like right we want this person it's clearly a talent and they gave me that opportunity uh i do think that there's um that you know throughout your life there'll be like a handful of people like three to five people who will really give you that like a really step up in it whether it's like in your career or sports and i do think that me jumping onto spirit which is like an elite team uh getting onto that ladder of elite teams uh yeah. that was a really like that was probably quite a big step up in a even though you know it's not like a professional team or whatever but it, it was still a really important step up in my cycling career agreed Agreed, and that that's uh, completely visible. And um, throughout the last year and a half, you've been kind of going off and on whether you wanted to do that elite yeah, cycling. Yeah, I have. So, are you dead set on that being a part of your future now? Oh yeah. So the last like year, year and a half, especially during COVID, which kind of demotivates you, and because it was like um, there is a bit of a gap in cycling where you can compete at a local level even like a national B level as an individual rider. But if you mm -hmm. really want to get onto that national scene, there's UCI races where you're riding as a team and you know, you're, you, you're turning up as a team and you have that support and you really want to be competitive and do well at that level. You need to be on one of the elite teams. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, I would say so. Um, might disagree. I mean, there are some really strong individual riders out there. Uh, I mean, like Alexander Richardson up until recently, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you can, um, so I, I kind of wasn't, I applied, but I kind of wasn't really making that jump. And it was an element of, um, it was an element of like, 
because it's like you know you need work experience to get a job but you need like a job to get work experience it's a catch-22 yeah. kind of element like i would apply to a team and they'll say like yeah you've done really well in all these local races but you haven't done any like big races and i'll say well i can't do any big races especially during covid because the big races were oversubscribed because there were so few of them yeah, exactly. so I, w- I was struggling to get into any of the big races and then like because you were still a cat three cat two borderline yeah so even it? when I was a cat yeah. two I still was yeah. struggling to get into any of the big races yeah and then I was like um you know and then I was just kind of like I just did the same thing again and again it's impact I'm not I'm not really like yeah. yeah I'm not really getting better it's impacting my um because obviously it impacts your social life it's time yeah. it's money and I kind of just thought this like time and money is just better spent elsewhere. The, the money's a big thing on the British cycling scene. Isn't oh yeah. It? Cause the entry is oh, yeah. so, the entry is so extensive. The entry cost is so extensive, but the reward back isn't, it's, it's you know, insane. you have to be podium, if not top three and complete the whole series to even kind of get some, Yeah. most of what you've paid in time and energy and investment. Um, so yeah, I could see that as being, you know, a big demotivating factor. And it is certainly yeah. a lot for people at university. Like they don't want to buy a full member's license yeah, exactly. because they're only going to race two or three times in the year. It just doesn't make yeah. sense to because the race entry is 30 quid, the membership, what well, I don't know however much that is. When you think about student budgets and, you know. Exactly. Yeah. It is crazy. A 30 pound, 30 pound entry for an app B. I'm yeah. like, and if they if they don't win it, they're not getting any cash back. Yeah, and it's kind of like if you crash or puncture or you have a bad race, yeah. and you kind of think, well, you know, you have a series of those, and you very quickly start to think, like, you know, yeah. how, you know, like how, how much you're putting all your pretty much all your money into it as a student. You're, you're you're like sacrificing a massive chunk of your social life, and then you kind of think, well, mm. what like why am I doing this? Uh, but then. Um, Thankfully, and is that I mean, social life important to what what you're doing, or is it kind of does it go hand in hand for you, or can you kind mm-hmm. of sacrifice it a little bit more than maybe some other students? I think to put it bluntly, like everyone who knows me knows that I sacrifice it quite a lot. As in, I don't really ever like go out, stay late, that kind of thing. Too uh, But yeah, but I mean, that's like people do do that and they will have like a degree alongside it it is definitely possible and i have done that but then you just constantly just you never get any rest yeah so um and then at the same time as well i I like being with this opportunity that i've been given on spirit i do kind of you mentioned like what what where i see myself now you said over the last year and a half i've kind of been on and off but no the last few months i've kind of said right i've got this opportunity i really want to like knuckle down and uh, I really, really do want to make the most of it for the next few years, at yeah. least. And you being on the the Gap podcast, you're kind of leading that way for the community. Yeah. Um, you know that that's also really exciting for you to be kind of you, you and um, oh, what's your sister's name again? Zana. Zana, yeah. For, for you to be kind of leading that way is, yeah. You got people looking up to you, man. So, uh, yeah, keep going. Yeah. And uh, if you want to listen to that, that podcast, I'll put it in the dis- uh, description. Um, I'll listen to myself after this as well. What's the best thing about the elite racing that you've experienced? I think it's, it's definitely, it's a different style of racing. 
So um, obviously before I've been racing as an individual, so you kind of turn up to race as racing individual, uh, you know, you turn up in your own car, you sign on yourself, you know, um, you get dressed by yourself. And then, uh, yeah, but as a team, everything's done as a team. So you're kind of, you're turning up as a team, you have your team gazebo, team talks, you know, every, you have a big, even just having like people doing, putting your numbers on your bike, people asking what you want in your energy drinks and all that stuff. And then in the race is a tactical element of your working as a team yeah. versus as, as an individual. Which, which I saw at the start of the Southwest uh, British yeah. National Series. Yeah. You, you, you and Wales were the two teams going head to head really. And yeah, I think you, you found you yourself up the road. <laughs> yeah, because you were up the road for so long of the race. Like you yeah. couldn't peg me back at the end, man. Uh, yeah, so, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's really working together as a team, and to me, that's much more rewarding. Yeah. Because say, um, say before, like I said, you think, "Oh, I'm not winning. Why am I doing all this stuff?" Or you're not feeling you're great part, on the day, but, and yeah, when you're part of a team, you're turning up as a team member. For me, I think I'm more of a team player, so I'm like, I'm turning up for the team. I'm not just doing it for mm-hmm. myself. Like I want, I want to um, turn up. I want to turn up fit as best good as I can um, with the best legs that I have on the race day and yeah, yeah really perform for the team because then there's also like there's more accountability to it as well right because if you're uh, racing as an individual if you have a bad race like say what like you, you know what I mean because, just, yeah. yeah it's kind of like I heard a bad race and it's like well yeah. I mean what does it really mean not much but when you're on a team um, if you feel like you've got the bad legs, you can you can just yeah. push and just. Be so like, in that in that oh. stars of the southwest race, I was swinging yeah. for the first half of the race. She did a mad week the week before yeah. in training, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so I, I was on holiday, a training camp kind of, and I did like a twenty five hour week. So I was uh, and like this <laughs> just casually. like race was on the Sunday of that week. <laughs> so like, the race was like um, so the first half of the race obviously had really like fatigued legs, so like. I was thinking of pulling out of that race to, to be like, it sounds really embarrassing saying it because it was a flat race. So I shouldn't have been struggling because like sitting in the bunch shouldn't have been that hard, but mm-hmm. I was genuinely, I was genuinely considering about 45 minutes in an hour in, I was genuinely considering pulling out of the race. Um, like I was at the back of the group thinking, I'm just not going to make it up the next climb. I'm like, I was really like, you know what I mean? You're but really, but it's, it's a flat race. You'll make it up the next climb. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was, I was like surprised at how much I was struggling, but then all of a sudden about hour and a half, two hours in, two and a half yeah. hours in. Um, yeah, I just really found my legs and I was flying. I was flying in the last, it's a shame I wasn't flying in the first half of the race because, um, that's, that's endurance though. In British racing, we all, we all do the hour, two hours so regularly in the British mm. scene that everyone is pinging. I swear we, the British riders are some of the best hour to two hour races. Mm. They could drop anyone in, an, in the first or second hour. Mm. But as soon as you hit that third, fourth hour, yeah. they fall off a cliff, God. man. Yeah. And with yeah, your training absolutely. and the endurance training you're doing, you can just turn up and switch on into that third and fourth when others are lacking that base endurance and just start slipping backwards, slipping mm. backwards. Attritional. I'm definitely. I prefer an attritional race. Yes. But yeah. Anyway, I've, it's just. But the fact that I was in the team and the fact that I was supposed to be closing down moves and it's more like right. I'm not going to get a result for myself because if I was running as an individual, I might have just said like, 
I'm not going to get a result for myself. I'm just going to like, this race is just in the bin. I'm just going to either pull sit out and see sit, what happens. Sit, yeah. sit in for the whole race. But yeah. because it was like um, working for a team, it's like, I kind of thought to myself, right. So I don't have the best legs today, but what can I do to still have an, because we had our rider leader Farley, right? He was second in the series, I think. Yeah. And we said, what can we do? What can I do to put Farley in the best position to jump ahead in the leaderboard, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I it, that if race as a whole was like really well. Like it was a good race for me. I did very well. Um, and I got like, my team manager said to me after that was like, he comes up to me, he says like, I think you raced fantastically today. And I tell him like, that was one of the most like worst race. That was the worst I've like ever felt for a long time. Uh, when but, your manager uh, says that, that must be so fulfilling. Yeah, so exactly. Cause then I was like, in my head, I was thinking, I just, I was like on some shocker today. I was absolutely horrendous. I was like, this is diabolically bad. Uh, you know, I could have done this race as like a junior, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but then after, at the end, he said, but then I'm so glad that I continued and, you know, not even just sat in, just like kept chasing, even though I was aggressive, I had bad legs. I kept being aggressive because that's what I had to do. I just kept doing it to the best of my ability. And yeah. And then, um, apparently I did really well. So <laughs> there we, there we go. That's you know, what you always like to hear, man. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And you're on off season now then, eh? I no, no, Beaumont, oh, Beaumont. I mean, it's it's a bit. I mean, I don't, um, don't say that here. I'll try and put. It won't be out. Beaumont's next weekend, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I've got Roy Hill tomorrow. Is on the second right. of October. So yeah. if you're listening, maybe I've already raced it. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, then Beaumont's on the ninth. But to be honest, training wise, I'm I've really kind of tapered off mm-hmm. uh, because I'm still training, but I'm really kind of tapered off and. I'm, I'm so I'm like focusing more on my social life and like family and stuff. Uh, that time because... of year, isn't it really? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I do. It's it's, an, it's a really weird situation when it gets to this time of year because it's like I could train twenty hours a week, <laughs> but what's the point? Because no. you're not going to get any better in a week. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been a real shame as well because I've been supposed to have raced last week and the week before, but they've both been cancelled. So I've kind of been, I'm in a perpetual state of like uh, tapering. <laughs> that makes Not sense. perpetual, like, mate. It'll, it'll only last two weeks and then you'll start falling off. Yeah, exactly. That's the issue. It's, it's like how long until the fitness starts to go, right? Because I've had, well, don't say two weeks because it's my third week. Oh, so no, like, I shouldn't have said that. Like Sorry. two weeks ago, I like, yeah, so two weeks ago, I tapered for um for like a race it was cancelled and I was kind of like well yeah. now I've just got all this like freshness and form and what do I do go, oh go for like a cafe ride basically yeah, should have come to Hillingdon like, mate where that's where all the boat yeah turned up true yeah. true maybe I should have yeah and then, but then the same thing happened last week as well and it's the same thing it's like so you have one like easy week race is cancelled you have another easy week yeah. that race is cancelled the British cycling scene so temperamental uh just the way that yeah it's all planned out but yeah i'm really quite worried to be to to, to be blunt really it is really like quite concerning yeah um is I mean, spirit is looking at any 
Belgian races in the future, French races in the future? Because you did do a French, yeah. they did some French race out there this year, didn't they? Next year, um, I'm not, it hasn't been confirmed what our UCI program will be, but there will be some UCI races. Oh, and good. I'm looking to, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm looking, uh, assuming I'm still on the team next year, um, I'm looking to, uh, uh, yeah, hit up some big UCI races, especially like there's some hilly under 23 races. Hmm kind of like in France, maybe some in Spain. Yeah. And I think me being a lighter guy and me being under 23, uh, the hilly under 23 races yeah. are probably a good, really good. good I've got a good shot at. So. Yeah. Sure. World champs. That's a, that's a, well, well, for, for Pakistan, mate. So. Oh, wow. There's your curveball. Yeah. There's yeah. your curveball. So I talked about it on the Gaps podcast, actually. Okay. Um, I never knew Pakistan had a team in World Champs. They had like a couple of riders here and there. Not in the elite. elite or U23. Like U23. They had like a... Men. Men, yeah. Oh, so there we go. There we go. No, I don't know. So I don't know. Oh, did they? Oh, no, I don't know. I, I, they had a junior. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a junior. Uh, in so you like try the... to go with them for the U23? Uh, yeah, World Champs Olympics. <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, wow. I mean, are you... It's doable. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, that's. It's I mean, doable. It's doable. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, my reaction. I'm not is planning not on winning it. It's. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Red, what was it? Not to call any names, but um, I was chatting to Red Walters. Yeah. He did Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games, yeah. Or Granada. Like, man, it would be incredible, man. I, I want to see it happen uh, now. Yeah. Make it. Make it happen, mate. Make yeah, it happen. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that I think, like, say if I did under 23 Worlds in my head, you know, I'm never going to win it. Like, you know, you're up against World Tour riders, basically. Yeah. Um, right. But in the I under 23 I... too. Pardon? In the under 23 too. Yeah, exactly. So I think, uh, you know, the under 23 Worlds, like, I, I, honestly, I don't, I can't say, like, if I get, like, a top 50 or top 60, if I'll even finish. But I, uh, I mean, if I've got good legs, you know, I reckon I can. I don't see why I can't be somewhat competitive in that race. Agreed. You're fourth year next year as well, so you'd be the yeah. upper end of the category. So, um, yeah, yeah. How cool would that be? From, yeah, because I think the last time we properly raced together, bar, bar the before the Southwest race was at that Hillingdon um, Spring Archer in 2016. Oh yeah, that was we a lapping, when we were lapping the field, and I think. That would that'd be mad yeah. if we're both at UCI races next year from there. That'd be insane. We did some national scare as a junior, I think. Yeah. Um cadence. Yeah. 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 But I you picture on the at, line. The first the first memory I have from you is you lapping me like four times at Hillingdon. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to be really, you really good as a youth. I just yeah. I don't know, I just I think I just because I just picked it up early. And then I kind of just like tapered off when I was 15, 16, 17. Now I've picked it back up again a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I never knew that. I do, yeah, I never knew that I was lapping you as a 14 oh, yeah. uh, year old. Um, Many times. But uh, that gave me the inspiration, man. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mega, mate. I, that was an epic call. Thank you. 
Um, yeah. Thank you for thank you for coming on to the chop house. Hope you. That's fine. Thank you for having me on, mate. Hope your time here has been good. And uh, yeah, best of luck for the off season and uh, into next year. Cheers. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you around. Yeah, for sure, mate.